started a rocket like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We're rocket like you're never gonna see us again. It is 10 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this September 15th, 2011. Welcome to the show that covers everything, anything, and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Buccino, along with my tag team partner and co-host, David Gomez. Sir, how are you? I am doing fabulous, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. We, we've got an action-packed show. We've got a guest. We could talk about some wrestling. We've got Knife Champions. We've got the Ring of Honor pay-per-view coming up. And we could talk about our football teams, which I know you can't wait to talk about. <laughs> yeah, um, that's going to be my least favorite part of the show. And I doubt that I'll be saying much about football, sir. But uh, let's get the show on the road. Yes, oh. sir. Give up. Go ahead, sir. Um, yeah, normally that would be your part, but I had to just cut you off there. I'm so excited. What can I say? Folks, if you'd like to check out our show, if you'd like to follow us, you can check us out at puregoldpg.com. You can click on the Listen Live link, and as we're live right now, of course, it'll take you over to our Blog Talk Radio page where you'll be able to hear this as it happens. If you'd like to call in, the number is 714-364-4721. If you'd like to be a part of the show, as always, and if you'd like to talk to our uh, special guest this evening, or if you'd like to talk about TV, movies, or whatever the case is, because we're going to talk about everything tonight. We have uh, quite a few things going on. Of course, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Joe and I both have separate Twitter accounts. After we had a little debacle a couple of months back, we had to separate it thanks to Joe and his, uh, you know, some of his, his content. <laughs> but you can check us out there. Uh, no, we're just excited, ready to rock and roll. JB? I don't think we mentioned this last show, sir, but um, we also have a relationship with a new partner, don't we? Actually, we did mention it last show, but thanks for uh, reminding me. We all we have a relationship now. Uh, it sounds like we're dating, but uh, we have a nice little partnership going on with UltimateSportsTalk.com, where you could check them out at UltimateSportsTalk.com. And of course, uh, they're uh, you know partners with us. They're going to be promoting our show, and of course, we'll promote their all the wonderful content they have on there. I mean, they cover everything, anything sports you want to know. It's all there. You can check them out. You can check out their Twitter and everything. Just go again to UltimateSportsTalk.com. We're getting it our page set up so that we'll be able to uh, simulcast our shows over there. And although they're wonderful fans, we'll be able to uh, check us out and hear our interviews and things of that nature. All right, sir. I know without further ado, I don't want to keep our guests waiting too long. So who do we have? Folks, we're very excited this evening to have an uh, independent wrestling superstar. We have Alicia, who uh, you know has wrestled for several different organizations, and of course, uh, we're going to be talking to her about that. She's going to get into that. Uh, we're currently with uh, Women Superstars Uncensored, and it's an honor and a privilege to have her on. Alicia, how are you doing this evening? Hi, I'm great. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show. And, you know, Alicia, let's get right down to this. Um, you know, according to what I've read uh, about you while doing a little research online, you were trained by the one and only, he was actually, uh, it's funny enough, he was the first guest that we ever had in terms of wrestling. And I'm talking about the one and only Kevin Knight. Are the rumors true? Were you trained by Kevin Knight? That is 100% true. <laughs> and that's funny that he was like the first person on this show because he was the first person in independent wrestling to actually have an influence on me. So I started there back when I was like 13 years old. It was the only wrestling oh, wow. school in New Jersey. Yeah, it was the only wrestling school in New Jersey that would accept a student that young. And I started there, and he was like so good. I mean, I don't know how long ago you guys talked to him, but 
he was very, very professional, and I can't say anything but, like, good things about him. And it was a really good uh, place to make my foundation in wrestling. It's funny you mentioned uh, being that young, and I guess Kevin wasn't worried about, you know, the legalities of having uh, underage people you know, wrestling in his, uh, in his Yeah, but, it was uh, so... <laughs> It was so rare because, you know, New York State has, you know, they have all kinds of laws and athletic commissions there where you have to be 18 to wrestle there. The same thing in Pennsylvania, but New Jersey is kind of like a free-for-all, and you're kind of able to do it at any age, which is good <laughs> for me. I was able to get that experience and young and really be able to grow around wrestling, so I'm yeah. thankful for that. Well, that's definitely good. Do you actually uh, you keep in touch with Kevin at all? I see him every now and then. Whenever they have an anniversary show, I may come down. The last time I did a show for them was like two years ago, but, you know, we keep in touch. We're cool. I, you know, me and Kevin, we're on speaking terms, which is good. I know a lot of people in wrestling can't say that after that many years. <laughs> yeah, that, that's always a plus. And I'm not sure if you if you heard about this, but, uh, you know, since uh, it was mentioned originally, um, do you did you know that the IWF is actually closing down next month? I actually did hear that, and I will be there for their last show. I'll be in attendance, uh, seeing everything go down. You know, a lot of people came out of there that, you know, you wouldn't suspect, like uh, Robbie E. on TNA. A lot of people don't know he came from there, Josh Daniels, Damien Adams, uh, you know, that guy Darren Young in WWE. Yeah, yeah. Like, everyone came from there, and I know that, you know, people don't really realize it, but we all came from the same place. Yeah, and what's interesting also is that another guy who who just is coming out of there right now is Flex Freeman, who was actually made a a superstar. He actually made his mark on this show. We had Flex on, and now he's actually made it to the big time. So we'll probably never hear from Flex again. But uh, <laughs> he's gonna be uh, he's actually gonna be uh, he's just signed by the WWE, so he's gonna start in the Florida Championship Wrestling. So we're excited about that. I know that that was Kevin's last big uh, hurrah, I guess it was uh, when it comes to wrestling. But uh, you know, again, uh, 15 years it's been there, it's closing down, and you know you're gonna be there. Hopefully, we'll be able to attend the last show. Uh, we're gonna try to work that on now. Uh, moving on from the IWF, though, a great wrestling federation that it is, can you tell us and our fans a little bit about uh, WSU Wrestling? Sure. In 2007, when I was really starting to pick up speed in my career, WSU Wrestling started. Originally, it was a men's and women's promotion, and then it kind of had a quick segue into being an all-female promotion. And at the time, I was still working for Shimmer and doing Ring of Honor, and WSU came around, and I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. It's an all-girls promotion, local. The only thing that was that close to me was up in New England, which was Triple W, and I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. So start doing those shows, and little by little, every show, it starts growing and growing, and more and more people are hearing about it, and more and more girls are coming in. And I left wrestling in 2007 as well. When I came back, oh, my God, it was, like, the biggest thing in the world. Like, they had so many different girls that had come in that had worked WWE, that had TNA experience, that had been to Japan. All the best girls were there, and that's kind of what it's just snowballed into today, doing iPay-per-views, you can get DVDs, you can come see us live, and it's just it's amazing. And it's such a good mix of really entertaining girls, some really hot girls, some really athletic girls, and like a mix of girls that are all that. So it's amazing. And anyone that hasn't seen it has to check it out because it really is the coolest thing. Now, Alicia, you mentioned a lot of different people. Who would you say was your uh, favorite opponent? Because, uh, you know, we know that you've wrestled people like Luna Vachon, Becky Bayless of TNA, and even AJ from the WWE. Who would you say is your favorite opponent? My Honestly, my favorite opponent just from WSU had to be Luna. 
because really when WSU was just starting to come out, she was one of the first ones to say, I'm going to make this place huge. And she worked with me so many times, and she was just incredible to work with. I learned so much from her, and she made the company look like a million bucks. And I have a lot of respect for her for that. So she was definitely my favorite opponent there. Would you say she's also your favorite wrestler of all time or who you admire? I would definitely say that she is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I would say her, I would say Molly Holly, and as far as promos go, I would say Sunny. Those are like three people, two wrestling, one as far as speaking, that I really admire their work. It's funny you say that because actually DG and Arch, I are trying to get Molly Holly on our show too since we really respect her too. So, uh, yeah, we have the same taste. Big fans of hers. Dave has a smart, good taste on this phone right now. This is good. Good taste on this radio show. Um, a question for you. Sorry about that. Um, I was just here thinking about the whole Molly Holly situation and uh, you know doing some other things on the side. Um, is there any diva that you would say uh, past or present? I, I know you mentioned how you like Luna, but is there anybody else you say that you may have uh, modeled yourself after or uh, admired aside from the couple that you've mentioned? I mean, if anyone has seen how vocal I am at times, I would say probably, you know, Sherry Martell, because I have a mouth on me and she did too, and I find myself physically, you know, acting like her. So I think she's definitely one of the people that has had influence on me as far as me watching her perform and kind of doing similar things. And my wrestling style, I always tried to be kind of like Molly Holly because we had a, a similar body shape. I mean, she's just like, she's a petite girl. I mean, I stood next to her and she was really tiny. But as far as the like, style type Molly Holly, I've, try, I've tried to be more like her. But she's really small in person. I don't know if you guys ever met her. No, no, we've, we've never met her. I mean, you see her on TV and stuff. And it's funny because I've met a couple of pro wrestlers in, in person. And, um, you know, I, I, again, I haven't met Molly, but she doesn't look like she'd be that tiny in person. Like, I remember meeting Rob Van Dam. And, you know, I watched Rob Van Dam on ECW and WWE, and he does not look like a big guy. But when I saw him in person, he looked huge. He was like, twi- he was yeah. like twice my width. And I, and I was I was shocked. You know, he, he he was only a couple inches taller than me, but, man, he was like twice my size. So it's interesting, you know, you mentioned that you meet a couple of people, you see people in person, and, and they look different than what you uh, what you expect there. But, you know, uh, going back to something that you mentioned uh, a little while ago, something that I was curious about, you, you said that you retired for a bit. You came back to wrestling, you retired, and you're back again. What made you retire, and what uh, ultimately brought you back to, uh, to wrestling? Well, starting wrestling so young, I really didn't give me the chance to really have experience with things outside of wrestling. Like, you know, my I spent I started in eighth grade. So all my eighth grade time, all of high school and the majority of my college life I spent wrestling and I really wanted to pursue my master's degree. So I ended up leaving to really put my focus on school and get most of that out of the way because it was getting too hard to, you know, travel, leave on Thursday, come back Monday and take classes the other days. So it became like a little bit too much for the balance and I wanted to focus on that because Thankfully, wrestling will, you know, always be there. So I was able to finish my degree. I was able to, you know, get a job, do more with me as an individual, and then come back to wrestling where I like to, you know, I would like to grow more now because I've kind of eased my way back into it. Right. You've definitely piqued my curiosity. I mean, what did you get your master's in? I have a master's in professional communication and media studies. Wow. Master Alicia, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. 
<laughs> now, do you do you currently watch wrestling? Like, uh, what do you think of the WWE Divas and the uh, TNA Knockouts? I'm not even gonna lie to you. I rarely watch wrestling on TV, and the reason okay. for that is it came to a point where I kept watching it, watching it, and I was just getting a little bit more at the time, a little more disgusted. So I have a lot of respect for some of the girls that are in both TNA and WWE, but there just comes a point where, like, I just can't stomach it anymore. Like, I'll watch any indie any day of the week that you want me to, but as far as anything on TV, it's, like, kind of hit or miss at this point. Anything uh, anything in particular? I mean, we have our own opinions. And my wife, as a matter of fact, we uh, whenever TV uh, it comes on or whenever we watch it, you know, she's not really a big fan of the, of the Divas per se because of, uh, you know, the stuff that they wear and everything and, you know, the, the fact that they're treated so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? They're not treated with the respect that they deserve. Well, no, you know, they're not treated with the respect that they deserve. Uh, you know, like in the late 90s, I remember when Molly Holly, Trish Stratus, Lita, you know, Lita and, and Trish were main eventing uh, Raw, and, and you had all this, this uh, um, focus on it. But what exactly is it you said that, that disgusts you? Because I know as a fan, what I don't like, typically it ends up being a bathroom break for most men, and I say that with, uh, you know, with no type of sexism at all, but the truth is that I've heard the comments, it's been made, it's been said, everybody says it when the women's matches come on, because they're really, other than, in my opinion, Beth and Natalia, the, the divas aren't that great. So, now, what what exactly would you say is your take on the whole thing, and why do you get disgusted by it? I know I do, so why do you? Well, the thing is, the, there are girls there that are so talented, some of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. Beth Phoenix is a perfect example. She's someone that I had known years ago, worked with her before, seen her become this, like, incredible worker, and just watching what she has to deal with. And when I say deal with, I'm saying she's not working with people on her level. She's not able to really show off all her true talents all the time. And to me, it's frustrating because that's like taking, you know, a a gold bar and sitting in a dark room and no one being able to see it, like, really shine and what it has. And in both TNA and WWE, either it's the storylines they're put in, angles they have to get over, or the per- people they're working with, it's just not showing what they can truly do all the time. And for me, when I was watching wrestling when I had first started, and even before then, I felt like it was really focused on the wrestling part of it. And there wasn't so much focus on all these other things that are creating this kind of mix of, like, confusion on what we're supposed to be paying attention to and, you know, who really cares if someone's good. And it's frustrating for me because these girls really knock themselves out and some of them are putting their people that don't have any heart for wrestling and they don't live it and breathe it the way these other girls do. And it's disappointing to see that. Right, right, and and it's true because like uh, as my as my wife has mentioned to me, it's funny we had, a couple of weeks ago we had Dave Lagreca who's a co-host of uh, Busted Open, uh, you know, in a radio show over on Sirius, and and we were uh, we were talking about Impact, and I I don't like TNA wrestling just because uh, it could be so much better than it is, but there was one segment in particular I remember they had like some weird backstage thing with. Uh, Winter, who at the time was the Knockouts champion, with some with another girl, and they were like, I don't know, talking about drinking blood or doing something weird, and you know, my wife was like, "What is this crap?" So you know, when I watch stuff on WWE, it, it, it's similar where it, either stories are crappy or it's just like they're, uh, you know, they're they're there for the the sex appeal and nothing else, and then it, there's no there's no type of story, there's nothing interesting, it's just. It just doesn't seem like there's there's a focus on it. And again, I remember just going back, you know, ten years, uh, maybe a little bit less than that. It was such a big part of the show, and it was legitimate. So it's a shame to it. So I know with with the promotion that you work for, it's obviously it's all women. So 
there's much more of a focus on that uh, with the, the angles and the stories and things and, you know, women going after each other, the same type of conflict in, in wrestling. So, you know, from my perspective, it's actually pretty cool to see that there's uh, promotions that are successful and thriving out there like WSU where it's not just, you know, uh, pardon the expression, but, you know, TNA or eye candy, it's really more about the, the women themselves. I agree with you 100%, and that's why I really respect the company I work for, and I think a lot of other girls have a lot of respect for it, too. Like, we have Melina coming in for our next show, and I know that she is actually really excited to be coming in. You know, Sean the Mick runs the promotion. He is an excellent promoter. He has a great business mind and a great mind for wrestling, and he gets it. So he makes everyone feel really good. And what he puts out, the product is good. And you can see that these girls that come in that have just come off TV or some of them that are still on TV, you know, they notice it. And that's why they're coming here first rather than, you know, going to some, you know, random place where they're not going to get that kind of attention. So I really love that you notice the detail and how important it is for us to, you know, get over how great, you know, the girls that are here are. Yeah. Well, you know, Alicia, Alicia. Yeah. Another another thing that I'm really impressed about, Master Alicia, if you will, is looking <laughs> at all these highlights, all these highlights that my producer let me uh, gave me for my notes. Like you've been the WSU Women's Champion two times. You were actually their first champion. You've also won a couple other titles, like the WSU Spirit Title and the WXW Women's Championship Title. So many titles here, and so many initials and letters. That it's just mind-boggling how how many titles you want. So, what would you say out of all those titles that I've just mentioned and probably botched up? Would you say is your highlight of your career? Wow. Okay, let's see. Silence. Let's see. Besides being on the show, you know. Of course. I mean, this is of course. Besides being on this show, because this is definitely a highlight of my career. I'm not gonna lie. There you I mean, go. Of course, <laughs> the WSU title definitely was huge for me. But there's two other, like, there are mo- more moments in my career that kind of had slight titles. They weren't actual belts. Can I say those? Do you think that's good? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one would be when I won the WXW Women's Elite Eight in 2005. And I know that was 800 years ago, but that was the first, like, big break that I had in an all, you know, women's setting. So that was huge. And then the second one would be the first title tournament tournament for the Shimmer Women's Championship. I was in that tournament, and I made it to the second round, and that was, like, huge for me, too. So besides winning the WSU title, that was it. And, by the way, just so you guys know, I've actually held every WSU title, in case you guys wow. are wondering. I'm the only person that's ever done that, so oh, kudos yeah. to me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Kudos to you for sure. I, I, um, Joe forgot to mention like nine other titles on here, but one of them was the WSU Tag Titles, which is pretty cool. Wait, that, that's actually how I found out, because like I said, I was doing research. That's actually how I found out that you had uh, wrestled. I don't know if it was with AJ as her partner or against her, um, but I remember reading that and I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, I kind of came up with that. Um, but can you tell us? Um, you know, as we as we close out the interview, and of course, we really appreciate you coming on and you know spending some time with us when you could be out, you know, doing you know, practicing a match or doing something or you know not watching TNA, of course. But uh, what exactly <laughs> would you say that what does the future hold for uh, for Alicia? And will we see you at, at some point? Now, obviously, you're you're love the place that you work for now, but is there any chance you might you think or any aspirations of possibly one day working in the WWE or, or TNA? I have to tell you that 
I when I came back to wrestling, I was pretty set on just doing WSU, but. I have but, to tell you, look, the more shows I do, the more I'm around these girls, the more time I spend, you know, really living wrestling a little bit more like I used to, I, you know, you get the itch to do it again. So I'm not going to say it's never going to happen, but if things keep going in the direction they are, I can see myself definitely really applying myself to be all over the country again. Because before I had left, I was all over the place, and I loved it. So, I mean, I could definitely see that maybe happening again. So you never know. And if I do, I'm going to call you guys. And I'm going to say, guys, guess what I'm doing? This is going to be the coolest thing Kevin and I ever had come out of that school. <laughs> yeah, make sure. Well, maybe by then Flex will be the uh, WWE champion. He'll probably have some stupid name like, you know, uh, I can't think of anything stupid, but they'll probably give him something dumb other than Flex Freeman. But, um, you know, you mentioned uh, the possibility of traveling around and everything like that. So, you know, it, it's interesting to me when it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to your career and all the things you've done. That you here, you have your master's degree, right? Like you mentioned, and you have wrestling. Now, Eve, for example, again going back to my wife, and because we have these conversations about women's wrestling all the time, um, she's like, you know, what do these women do? So I mentioned to her that Eve, for example, who was I think Divas champion two times, she has a master's degree, and I, I don't know if it's like chemistry or engineering or something like that. So it's interesting that you, you obviously you can have the the brains and you can have the the beauty and not just the uh, you know, be there for, for the eye candy. But, you know, hopefully if, if you do make it at some point uh, to another organization like TNA or, or the WWE, you'll be able to bring some seriousness back to women's wrestling, which is one thing that, again, going back to Molly, who's actually my favorite, uh, um, I would say my favorite all-time diva in the WWE, is because there was such a seriousness about her character, and she really took wrestling seriously. So, you know, to to have that and to, to see that, it would be interesting because, to me, I, I long for the day where you could see something like that on TV, whether it's the, the girls from WSU wrestling, uh, you know, on a big time, you know, getting a, a deal of some sort, but where people can watch women's wrestling and say, you know what, there's two good athletes in the ring who can actually wrestle as opposed to just, you know, oh, that's part of the expression. Oh, that's just two chicks just, you know, slapping each other, and then there goes the match. Because you see a lot of that in, in, in uh, the WWE, so, it's, it, again... It's pulling hair and things of that nature. The like we were watching a TV and there was lingerie football on. It's you know just stuff that you, as a man you just and I know some guys are into that, but you can't take that type of competition seriously. So you know, forgive me for rambling a bit, but I just have to kind of throw that out there as as we talk about you and your career and you know again having your degree and of course doing what you do in, in the ring. You guys have such a great mindset in women's wrestling. I really respect where you're coming from. And I love you both for that. And I want everyone to know that because it's tough out there for women. It's tough out there for girls who are taking this seriously and really focusing on delivering the best show they can and, you know, breaking their backs for it. So to have this kind of support from, like, such a great show and definitely from WSU as well is huge for us. So I want you to know that I love you guys, and I'm sure the whole roster of WSU would agree with me on that one. Before we let you go, Alicia, how can uh, people that are not following you follow you on the, uh, you know, the media via Internet, via Facebook, via Twitter? The best bet is to follow me on Twitter, and it, my name on Twitter is Alicia Did It. So it's A-L-I-C-I-A, did, like I did it, D-I-D, and then it, <laughs> it, So you guys can follow me on there. Please get in contact with me. Tweet me. Say whatever you want. If you're hearing this, tell me what you thought because, I love to hear from everybody because I talk too much. So to have someone else pick up the other end, that's the best. 
<laughs> well, that's what, well, I can say that that's one thing you have in common with your trainer because when we had Kevin on here, he spoke for the entire hour. It was basically the Kevin Knight show, and Joe and I were just like there to, you know, get his bags and get him some water. So <laughs> I, you have that in common with him. But uh, again, Alicia, we really appreciate it. And of course, fans, you can check her out. And Alicia did it uh, Twitter. You can check her out there and, you know, get in touch with her. And hopefully the, uh, you know, the other girls in the WSU roster were listening to this. And I know that uh, Pure Gold is all about wrestling, just straight across the board. Good, not bad, just whatever it is, whether it's men or women, just serious competition. And, of course, we wish you much success in the future, Alicia. And hopefully if you do get signed by the WWE, we'll be able to talk to you before then because then we'll probably never hear from you again. But uh, (laughs) you have a, a wonderful evening. And, again, thank you for coming on Pure Gold. Very cool. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Alicia. Right, take care. Folks, that was the one and only Alicia. You know, I find it interesting, JB. Uh, you talk about uh, names and things like that. It's like a one-name thing. You have uh, Lita, you get, you know, Trish, Molly, Victoria. You know, you have some of those divas who have uh, last names and some of them who don't. So, you know, it's a pleasure talking to her, and it's a pleasure to see that you know what, there is serious women's wrestling out there because, you know, I, I mean what I say. I wasn't saying it to blow smoke. I honestly think that there is a place in the WWE, in TNA, for serious, you know, good wrestling, whether it's men or women. And it's unfortunate that women's wrestling is turned into something where, you know, oh, man, I got to take a leak. I'm going, you know, it's perfect time. And it's even strategic. It's sad, but it's strategically placed on the card when it comes to uh, pay-per-views to give you a bathroom break. So to me, that like that's a disgrace. I remember watching Trish and I remember watching, uh, you know, Victoria and, uh, and and Molly and all these women and Ivory wrestling. And it's like, what happened to women's wrestling, sir? I agree with you. I think the whole creation of the WWE Divas title was pretty much the downfall of the women's division. Sadly enough, they created another title. But when they created that Divas title, they almost created a perception that this title was all going to be about beauty and looks and just winning because of your looks and beauty. And I think that, that that was a big mistake by Vince. I think people do care about wrestling, even if it's like women's wrestling, like I said. And like you said, like we, we take it seriously. We, we don't like these lingerie contests or even during the summer when they have these bikini contests. I mean, that is not wrestling. It's like it's too soap, too soap opera-ish for me anyway. And I just think that... People like Alicia, which I'll call her Master Alicia from now on, sir. Um, just uh, you got to respect those type of people, Molly Holly, Trish Stratus, even China to an extent. We're all about wrestling and winning, not about this looks and just being dumb and an airhead. Yeah, and it's a shame because, again, you have someone like Eve who has her master's degree. And you, you got, I mean, I don't care what it is. You got to be intelligent to have a master's degree. You got to, to go to school for that long. I mean, I hate school. But to go to school for that long and to be able to do that, it's just... I just don't get it, sir. I don't understand why, you know, something like that is not taken seriously. And really, it's the company that she works for. And, you know, we love the WWE. We love to knock it. We love to criticize it. But we we love it. We love wrestling. So it's good to see that there is a company out there that actually does talk about, um, you know, talk about it, live it, does it, you know, the way it needs to be done. And uh, it needs to be taken seriously. Because, again, I mentioned my wife uh, 50 times a, a show, but... The truth is we've had these conversations many times, like I was telling our, our guest, and it's just a shame. You know, you have somebody like her who's not a wrestling fan per se, but likes to see the, you know, wrestling, the competition, you know, when it's good, when it's interesting. So, you know, we need more of that. But uh, speaking of competition, speaking of greatness, speaking of the, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, 
Let us get into the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, the fool. The greatest part of this show, or the worst part, depending on, uh, you know, your your take on that. Let's get into Todd Johnstone with the sports update. Todd, how are you doing this evening, sir? I'm just trying to make some room over here in the corner for me and my ego. <laughs> oh, Todd, as always, you know, your your, your wit is, is sorely missing the show when, when you don't appear. So uh, break it down for us, TJ. Well, the Yanks were off today, and the Mets lose 10-1 to in a game that should have been called twice. A meaningless game in in September or whatever month we're in because it's football season now. Uh, it's just a game that should have been called. I watched the, the encore tonight because there was nothing else on TV tonight. And I have to say, I, you know, shame on Major League Baseball. Shame on those umpires. That game should have been called twice. It should never have been allowed to go into that humiliating state that it did. Oh, just well, disgusting. Just like the Mets. Perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect. It was an absolute debacle. I mean, that that balk that was called on whoever the hell that kid was with all the hair. I don't even know who he was. I've never even seen him before. That was crazy. I mean, the kid's hand gets stuck in his jersey going back to his mitt and they call a balk. Are you kidding? That sums I, up so the whole that season right there. You know, Todd, I'm so glad that we pay you the big bucks to watch this stuff because I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. I stopped watching the Mets in June. <laughs> oh, I mean, like I like I told you guys when I first came on this show, the reason I started watching baseball again was because that SNY broadcast is so entertaining. The game is just a bonus. And when you have a game that's this bad, those guys are even better. I mean, right. Keith and, and Ron, I mean, they're fantastic in the booth. They are really fantastic. <laughs> so so uh, the Yankees can have their 27 World Series and Michael Kay and have an incredibly boring broadcast, and I'll take the losing mess every day of the week. There you go. Well, maybe not. Go ahead. Football. We had a really, really interesting opening week of football. I'm surprised. What did you guys watch this week? Uh, what, what did I watch besides the Jets game, you mean? Yeah, what what games did you guys watch? Anything? I watched the, the Rams against the Eagles, and I watched the the Ravens against the Steelers. In my market, I, I, get, uh, I get double games, because I get the games that they broadcast in Philly, and I also get right. the games that they broadcast in New York. So I got to watch a lot of games. <laughs> I enjoyed opening night watching the Saints get beaten. That was fantastic. <laughs> um, I was very surprised by Chicago and the Falcons. I wasn't surprised that Chicago played well. I was surprised that Atlanta couldn't get anything going. They were horrible. Right. <coughs> and you'll have to excuse me. I am nursing a bit of a cold here. Uh, you poor um, me. Uh, yeah, poor me. I know you have all the sympathy in the world for it. Uh, <laughs> I, I would have to say that we could... <laughs> We could all agree that the Buffalo uh, KC game had to be the shocker of, of the weekend. Definitely. I mean, Definitely. for Buffalo to come out and lay 41-7 on, on KC was just unbelievable. I wish I could have got to see some of the game. And, again, shame on NFL Network for not making that one of the games of the week uh, in replay because I really, really would have liked to have seen that one. Um, mm-hmm. Colts getting smacked around by the Texans. Not a terrible surprise. I wasn't surprised that the Texans won. 
What I was surprised by was the fact that the Colts showed no special teams, no defense. I mean, the offense, it was what it was. It was exactly what we expected to see. We expected to see Kerry Collins running their offense, and that's exactly what we got. We got a lot of really bad play. But, you know, like Sports Radio has been saying all week, Kerry Collins didn't play defense. Kerry Collins doesn't play on the special teams. What's their excuses? I mean, that whole team just imploded. They're terrible. I mean, are they trying to lose every game? It's only week one, but, I mean, are they trying to lose as many games as possible so that they can get Andrew Luck to sit behind Peyton Manning? I mean, is this going to be Aaron Rodgers sitting behind Brett Favre all over again? I think that might that be possible. That might be possible. I was listening to, uh, what is it, Colin Cowherd over on uh, Sirius yesterday, as a matter of fact, and he was saying that that should be the tact that the Colts take. They should go after Andrew Luck, and they do whatever they have to do to get him and have him sit behind pay in a year or so. Now, let me ask you this, Tata, and you know I don't want to cut off your, your, your little uh, rant, your little part, but uh, you think it's true, and Joe, um, you can chime in on this too, you think it's true that an organization shouldn't fall in love with the superstar? Like, you shouldn't fall in love with the personality, but do what's best for your fans? I mean, obviously, Peyton has been great. He's been an all-time great legend. But do you think it would be the wisest move for them to go after somebody like Luck, who, according to Cal- uh, Colin, is a can't-miss prospect, which doesn't, doesn't seem to be too many of those? But do you think that that is the, in the best interest of any franchise? To, you know, don't fall in love with the personality. Just go after the, the best you can for your, your fans. Or do what you have to do and forget about them. I mean, is that is that counterintuitive? Because you have, like, the Yankees, for example, Derek Jeter. I mean, if he left the Yankees and ended up in a different uniform, I mean, there would be an uproar in New York. So what do you guys think about that? Go ahead, Tom. I, I, I think that to – well, let me say this. I think that the Colts have done an incredible disservice to their fans and to their organization by not bolstering that team by not having somebody sitting behind Peyton who is at least serviceable. I mean, Curtis Painter was terrible. We knew that last year. We saw him give us the playoffs, basically. Um, Kerry Collins is a Band-Aid with a big hole in the middle of it. I mean, I, I just think that they really did a disservice to their fans by not having somebody. As far as them going for somebody in the draft, now, were you saying, like, if you have a star player, getting somebody to replace them before they're done? Is that, yeah, is that what yeah. you were meaning by that? That's what I mean. Or, you know, even even in the sense of, like, they're getting a little bit on in years, because Payton is in his mid-30s, let's not forget. This isn't a sure. young guy. Sure. I mean, he's he, his career can't go on forever. You know what I mean? And I, I'm sure that a guy like Peyton Manning absolutely understands the way the business works. I mean, if you're going to be Reggie Bush – and you're going to be tweeting, you know, oh, it was nice knowing this in uh, uh, New Orleans when they when they draft your replacement. I mean, once he tweeted that, regardless of what New Orleans' intentions were, once he tweeted that, he signed his own death warrant. Right. I, I think that goes without saying. Uh, as an organization, I think that if you're not looking beyond your current players, then you're destined to fail. And I think that's why a team like New England has been so successful over all these years because they've been always drafting that next guy. Look at their backup quarterbacks that they have. You know what I mean? They've got two backups that are better than half the league starters. I mean, granted, it was just preseason play, but based on what we saw, the skill sets and their ability to run that complicated offense, they've got better backup quarterbacks than a lot of the teams have starters. And I don't think that Tom Brady feels one iota of pressure that he's being edged out. 
even though he hasn't won a playoff game in four years. Right, right. Well, I mean, regardless of what, Tom Brady's legacy is solid. I mean, unless he, you know the Patriots were to go to four straight Super Bowls and he were to lose them all and you know, tank, I mean, regardless of what, Brady is, is going to be remembered as one of the all-time greats. But you're right, and that's why they're successful. And that's why so many other franchises are not successful, you know. And it's just you get stuck with that one lame quarterback or somebody who's just not that good, and then you end up with a, with a mess, or regardless of what position. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to get your take on that. Now, Joe, sure. what about you, sir? You, uh, you want to chime in on that, or you think Todd's just covered all as he always does? Todd is the man, and he says it all. I couldn't agree with you guys more that, you know, you do need to think about your franchise. And as your, you know, your star player is like on the decline of his career, you do need to make preparations to replace him. I know it's a delicate situation sometimes, a la Derek Jeter, but uh, you got to do what's best for the franchise. And um, I mean, sometimes at, you got to put that. Sorry, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but look at, uh, look at the uh, Packers. I mean, they made the absolute right, perfect, amazing move. Aaron Rodgers is probably, you know, at this point, the best quarterback, I mean, it's arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, and they got rid of Brett Favre, who, you know, think what you will of him, and I don't think too highly of the man personally, but, um, you know, he still had an all-time great career, and he is one of the all-time greats, so to to be able to replace him and to get rid of him at the perfect time, I mean, that's something you just can't, I guess you just can't pass up, so if the Colts were able to, and I love Peyton, but if the Colts were able to do that with Andrew Luck, like Todd was saying, I mean, that would just be, you know, the, the, the second coming, as it were, following the, the perfection that led to another title so early in the career, Aaron Rodgers over in Green Bay. Agreed. Continue, Todd. Now, speaking of, uh, <laughs> of great quarterbacks and uh, teams that are concerned about their quarterback and doing what's best for the fans, let's talk about that, that Pats-Miami game. I think that a little bit more is being made of this than, uh, than, is, than is true. Now, the final score was 38-24. It was never, after the, after the half, it was not a close game. Miami was done. And I think that the, the one piece of, of analysis that I didn't hear that my oh-so-trained and expert eye saw was that they were running no huddle offense. And you saw that Miami got flagged twice for 12 men on the field for trying to do substitutions during it, which is just impossible. It's part of the point of the uh, – the no huddle offense. Now, the reason that Brady was able to put up those kind of yards, especially going into the second half, was why? The defense was gassed. It wasn't yeah. that Brady was so great. It was the scheme. It was the game plan that was so great. We'll tire them out because it's game one. Nobody really had a, a, a full training camp. You know, there's all the talk about the OTAs, et cetera, and so on. Nobody, no team was really in that great a shape, I'm guessing. And Belichick is going to use that to his advantage. It was hot. It was humid. It was a miserable night down there. Let's gas them on their own field. It was smart. It's not that Brady was brilliant. It's that the game plan was brilliant. Chad Henney. Now, they were talking today also and and yesterday on sports radio, they've been talking a lot about how the, the, the fans in the stands were cheering for Kyle Orton during this Patriots game. Now, I watched that whole game start to finish. I didn't hear anybody cheering for, 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 for Kyle Orton to be traded to Miami during that game. Preseason was a different story. I didn't hear anybody cheering for, for Kyle Orton. I thought Chad Henney played an outstanding game. I thought he was, he was standing tall in the pocket. I thought he made good decisions with the football. 
And if the Miami fans aren't happy for it, I mean, you can try and go blow the dust off of Dan Marino if you want. But, I mean, the kid's not a bad quarterback. It's Dan a bad Marino. team. It's not a bad quarterback. That's for sure. It's funny because uh, Dan Marino Dan Marino's the only football player that my wife actually knows who he is. We were having this conversation a couple of weeks ago, so <laughs> it's funny you mentioned him. She's like, oh, I know Dan Marino. He played for the Dolphins. He was the quarterback. I was like, what? What are you talking about? There you go. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. That's quite all right. That's what this is all about. So speaking of great quarterbacks, um, my son is a Carolina Panthers fan. So let's talk about Cam Newton. Let's. Did he impress? Wow. I have to say, I was thoroughly impressed. I mean, he's he's a physical specimen. He's saying all the right things now, and I bashed him pre-draft. I'm sure if we go back into the Pure Gold Archives and roll the tapes, you'll hear me bashing him pre-draft. That's for sure. Oh, we should. As a matter of fact, uh, matter of fact Todd, I think uh, I think we have the, the the clip right here. I think this is you talking to Cam Newton. Go to hell! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that made it been Todd right there. Man. That was definitely but Todd. Make a dog sick. Cam Newton. <laughs> Cam Newton definitely came to play. He's been in the playbook. He's been working hard. <clears throat> and he's not at all what I expected to see in game one. Uh, I'm thoroughly impressed. I'm waiting to see uh, him play uh, some more against some some better teams. Uh, speaking of better teams, how about those Ravens over the Steelers? Boy, was that a punch fest. I mean, that was fantastic. It was everything that you want to watch Ravens-Steelers for, except this time the Ravens won, the Ravens won for a change. And it was right. fantastic. Watching Terrell Suggs just beat the crap out of Roethlisberger was fantastic. It was wonderful. I was I was waiting for another broken nose. It was just fantastic. It was what football was meant to be. I, was, I can't say enough glowing things about that game. Ray Rice was phenomenal. I mean, uh, Anquan Bolden, the, the catch that he made in the back of the end zone was fantastic. I, it was just a very exciting game and a lot of fun to watch. And then finally, there was Jets-Cowboys. Now, since that game was played on Sunday night, all day Monday, all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, and all day today, I have been approached by everybody because people know that I'm a super Jet fan. You are? Seconded only to JB. Seconded (laughs) only to JB. And uh, everybody's like, well, you know, what do you think about that Jet game? You know, you you guys almost lost. You had to come back and win. I will say this. The Jets gave you exactly who they are. It was same old Jets. Great <laughs> was, teams really find was. a way to win. It was same old Jets. They found a way to win. The offense came to life in the third quarter, and they scored the points when they needed to. They found a way to win. Todd, let me catch up for a second here. Uh, let me ask you this. As a, as a completely, ridiculously, over-the-top biased Jets fan with you, and I think Joe might be a little bit more realistic than you, but... Uh, do you think that uh, the same old Jets, in terms of what they are now, not the garbage that they were in the past, um, do you think that th- they can win it all? I'm not talking about this year. I know you you said that they were going to be like 11 and five or you know 16 and 0. I forget what your prediction was, but do you think that that same old Jets can turn into a, a true winning team of playing what seems to be just like a bad half or a bad quarter or a bad this or a bad that? They they don't seem to, be, in my opinion, as again unbiased. They don't seem to be able to put together a great game uh, start to finish. 
But uh, do you think that this is going to lead to the Jets actually being able to win, or do you think they're going to have to uh, change it up and be a little bit more consistent to win it all? Well, you know, I, I, I agree with that statement. I, playing the kind of caliber of football that they played through most of the regular season last year and what they showed us uh, on Sunday night this week, no. They, they can't win a championship uh, playing that. They'll be lucky to win through wild card weekend playing football like that. You're not going to come back in all those games. The ball is not going to bounce the right way. You're not going to be able to get that guy up the middle to block that kick every week. It's just not going to happen. It's not realistic. Um, in order for them to be a championship team, they do need to change up some kind of flow with that offense. Now, I said it moments before Ray Lucas said it on the, uh, the Jets post game, that perhaps they need to go into that two-minute drill from the get-go. Maybe we need to try putting Sanchez into a no-huddle offense also. I mean, there's no shame in wearing the wristband. If Tom Brady will wear one, you can wear one too. That's the way I see it. If uh, they can step to the line with, you know, just a scheme and say, okay, here's the formation that we want to use, look at the defense, read and react, and call a play. I mean, if, uh, we know Sanchez knows the playbook. He's not a nervous Nelly up there, not at all. I mean, he stands in the pocket and takes a lot of hits. As a matter of fact, I think he stands in the pocket a little too long sometimes. I think he needs to learn to throw the ball away because he makes those, those, those bad decisions. He'll take those hits from the blind side and fumble the football when he's trying to extend the play. But he extends the play standing there. He needs to move a little bit. He's so good on the run when he's flushed out of the pocket. If they don't make some kind of change in that offense, they're not going anywhere. You know, they'd – they might win 10 games, but they're not going to get a home playoff game. They need a home playoff game, and they've got to win the division. I'm with right. Max. We need other people to beat the Patriots besides us. Right, right, right. That's true. Hey, uh, Todd, you know, it's interesting. Before before we let you go, uh, I actually wanted to talk to you about something else, but um, there's, sure. another clip, there's another clip that Joe found, uh, or a producer found, excuse me, that we wanted to play. It, it, you and your thoughts on Cam Newton. Well, let's see where it is. Here we go. Sorry. Here we go, folks. This is Pure Gold exclusive. Christ, if I was the commissioner, I'd be out there on Monday. He'd be out. Gone. Gone. Put him down. Cam Newton, see ya. All right. I have a question because I can't take this Jeff's talk, but I have a question for you, Todd and Joe, of course. What do you guys think about the uh, – the whole – and this sort of ties into baseball. This will be the one time that I mentioned the Mets because as far as I'm concerned, they're dead. But uh, they're dead to me. Uh, ashes to ashes and all that <laughs> stuff. But there was a little, a little thing going on, a little controversy on 9-11 with the Mets and their their uniforms that uh, Josh Tobey oh. was a player rep for the scum-sucking Mets. Wanted to, they wanted to wear a little special tribute. I think it was the FDNY hats, and they weren't allowed to by the baseball czar, as it were, Mr. Uh, Mr. Joseph Torrey. What do you guys think about that? Because I know there was something similar in football, and in the NFL, of course, they have their stringent rules about the, uh, the uniforms and stuff. I mean, I know my opinion on it, but uh, Todd, uh, give us your take on that. Major League Baseball should be ashamed of themselves. They should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. And for them to be upset that the Mets threw them under the bus, quote-unquote, I mean, it was the absolute right thing for the Mets to do. They wanted to wear them. Major League Baseball said, no, if we allow you to do that, then we have to allow teams to wear hats for other special occasions, et cetera, and so on. Are you kidding me? What is there else? You give me one other good example of some other 
special occasion where we're going to let teams wear special hats, other than when they do breast cancer awareness. I mean, it's the most ridiculous statement, and it's just it's proof positive why the commissioner needs to go. He needs to go. He's, 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 he's embarrassing himself. Every year he does some idiotic thing and just embarrasses himself. He insulted the Mets. He insulted the, the first responders in New York, and he's insulted the country, quite frankly. I mean, I agree with you. I also think that the Mets should have showed some guts. If you had that clip, I'd be playing it right now. But they should have really showed some guts and just wore the hats anyway because – what, what was going to happen to them? What was going to happen to them? They were going to get fined for wearing hats on 9/11. I mean, guts. Uh, Show there you go. Guts. Get You're right, and but you, you know what though? The, the truth is that the Mets are probably afraid that the checks were going to bounce that they're getting from the Wilpons, so I don't know if they'd be able to afford paying the fine. But what's interesting to me, what's interesting to me is the whole uh, thing that Joe Torre was the one who. Uh, you know, was behind it, and he, of course, he was such an integral part of uh, of everything going on with the 9/11 afterwards. But it's just ridiculous to me. The whole thing of the professional sports franchises and the leagues—we can't wear this, you can't wear that. I mean, shut up! It's a uniform. It's shut up! I mean, it's stupid. But uh, listen, Todd, uh, is there anything else you wanted to? Because uh, I, I know we have something else we need to get into. But is there anything else you'd like to uh, discuss there before we, uh, you know, put a wrap on this one? Well, one last thing. When it comes to the whole uniform thing, and you're, you're absolutely right as far as the, uh, the hat thing goes, in the NFL they do a similar thing where they allow them to wear special patches commemorating uh, people's lives and death, et cetera, and so on. Now, I am in no way, shape, or form saying that what the, pa- the Patriots are doing is wrong by having Meyer Crafts uh, initials on, on their jerseys. I have no problem with that. Right, right. What I do have a problem with is the fact that it's like a third of the jersey. It is the hugest, most ridiculous patch I have ever seen. I mean, let's get a grip here, people. I mean, did Myra Kraft own the team? No. Did she have anything to do with the team? No. Does her, does, does her, her initials on that patch need to be that big on the jersey? And no. It's not a shot at the Patriots. It's not a shot at Myra Kraft. It's a shot at the Patriots organization and they're feeling that they can do whatever they want because they're above it all. <laughs> That's the end of my rant for the night. <laughs> Todd, as always, sir, I have to admit, I was telling Joe this, you know, privately as, as the show is going on. This is by far my favorite of your segments because, first of all, I didn't use it as a bathroom break. And second of all, with the back and forth, we were able to get in there. We had some some exclusive clips of you talking about Cam Newton. I mean, we were able to go on a couple of different topics. I mean, this is what this is this is classic pure gold. This is classic Todd's take, and we appreciate you uh, as always, sir, with your with your input, which is just totally above above and beyond reproach, sir. So. uh We'll have you on next week. We'll be back on our regular Tuesday schedule, so we'll be able to talk about the Monday night football game. Well, no, we want the Giants are playing, so forget about that. We'll be able to talk about the, what the Jets did this Sunday. So, Todd, we appreciate it, sir. And uh, once again, thank you so very much. Good night, guys. Thank you. Have a great one. Folks, that was the one and only Todd Johnstone, a.k.a. TJ. And, Joe, I you know I always rip Todd, jokingly, of course, but I absolutely loved it. I love today's... Uh, 
spot with him, and we're really able to get into football and, and break it down as only we know how to do, sir. It's a nice little change of pace from, from wrestling. Uh, obviously, we had our, our interviewer, and we're going to get into wrestling a little bit because we need to plug the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. We need to uh, talk about the Night of Champions, of course, and we need to have so many other things that, that we'd like to get into. So, uh, you know, Joe, that was uh, that was some good stuff there, I must admit. Yeah, I just want to say before we get have our next caller on, because he's been waiting so very patiently, is that I don't know if you know this or not, but I had to talk Todd off the ledge. He was thinking about actually quitting Pure Gold a couple weeks ago because he felt like he wasn't contributing enough. But I told him that, you know, come September, you're going to be in your zone. You're going to be talking about NFL. You're going to be breaking down games. You're going to be talking about things that you're really passionate about. He agreed. He decided to stay on, signed on for another two years. So we got Todd for another two years. Well, whatever Todd's pay, getting paid, it's too much. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I was actually going to tell Todd that uh, he needs to stop doing baseball updates. I don't care about baseball anymore. Baseball, is, it's over as far as I'm concerned. There's no good races. There's nothing interesting to talk about when it comes to Major League Baseball. In fact, probably the most interesting thing to talk about was what we just said with the whole uniform uh, fiasco, the debacle, as it were. But, uh, you know, maybe we'll touch on the World Series, uh, you know, whenever that is, whatever month that is, I forget. But truthfully, Joe, I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of football. There's going to be wrestling. We're going to keep our guests coming. Uh, you know, we have a – hopefully we're in the process of getting the one and only, the, uh, the New York Giant icon, the great Carl Banks, who uh, hopefully will be joining us next Tuesday. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to you have to check out our website, puregopg.com, and check out our Twitter so you'll be able to, um, you know, follow that news. We're trying to get uh, Carl. And it was funny because I called Carl the other day at his house, and he seemed uh, – I think he was in the zone. I know he's he's getting inducted, and he got inducted today, as a matter of fact, I believe, in the uh, Michigan Sports Hall of Fame. So congratulations to Carl Banks, and of course we're looking forward to having him on. But we're going to be doing a lot of uh, wrestling and a lot of uh, a lot of football, and of course we're going to talk about you know something that's near and dear to our hearts, where we have on for the first time in like a month or two months, or I don't even know how long. We have joining us the one and only. It's time for the awkward. It's time for the the the. The nonsense, it's time for the pure scum of the earth. We have Hans joining us, a.k.a. Jose, our former media director, who we had to hire. Hans, how are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? <laughs> you, we, you, forgot one more, you forgot one more a.k.a., a.k.a. the president and founder of the Pete Ross fan club. Oh, we forgot about that. Well, actually, uh, I'm the founder. He's the, the vice president. Just oh, throw that out there. My sir. bad. My bad. My bad. So, Hans, um, I know you were complaining and whining like the little girl that you are about uh, only having a couple of minutes to talk about 87 different uh, television shows. So can you tell us, can you break it down as only you can, what do we have to look forward to or not look forward to this fall? And, of course, uh, we'll chime in as it were, but, but, but break it down for us, sir. Actually, it's more like 130 new, well, not new, but 130 shows coming on this fall. Here we go, folks. Well, I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, I think we talked about this the last time I was on. SVU, uh, Chris Maloney is not coming back. Not even a farewell farewell episode. He's just gone, absent from this new 13th season that's coming up for the Law & Order series. Now, are the rumors true that they're going to actually kill the character off? They're killing the character off. From what my sources say, in a realistic way, what that means, I don't know. Yeah, realistic. It's going to be an off-screen death. 
it's so horrible. No chances you know, of ever coming back. I have to. I, I gotta say, and Joe, I don't know how you you feel about this, but I just get so disgusted with. <laughs> Joe's writing offensive comments here. Uh, I just get so disgusted with stuff like this because I don't even know why they didn't sign Christopher Maloney. They didn't bring him back. You know, that's fine. But why kill the character off? Why not have Elliot transferred somewhere with a possibility that he could return? Instead, they kill him off off screen. It just makes me upset. It absolutely makes me upset. I could tell. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, you're a tool. <laughs> that, that's a great comment there, Joe. Thanks. As always, his insight is just unparalleled. It's the Hans reply. Uh, Well, I had the pleasure of previewing, well, actually not previewing, just watching the pilot episode of Wonder Woman that never got aired and got canceled before it got to even show. And I have to admit, I liked it. I saw some potential in that show. It basically picks up where where Smallville would have left off. You got a superhero, has a dual identity, doesn't know what to do now, kind of just like Clark the last nine seasons that they dragged out. But, I mean, it would have been a good show. Yeah, I, I think we know why you really like the show, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I haven't been able to see, say you saw something. Yeah, I bet you saw something, you, you freak. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to check that out. I know that ha, uh, Joe is just is loving the, the that talk. I know that there's a little uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a, there's a hole in his heart that can only be filled by Smallville since that's gone. Let me ask you, Joe. Do you think it's weird? I mean, just you you watch the show since day one. You think it's odd that it's September and we are not going to talk Smallville? We're not going to have any episodes to look forward to. There is no Smallville in the fall TV lineup. I mean, are, 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 how are you dealing with that? Uh, I'm dealing all right with it. I just it is going to be hard to believe that there's going to be no Smallville. But let's not forget when they start Smallville, uh, it seemed to be starting later and later in the season. Like it would start like the first week in October sometimes. So, I mean, I'm not quite there yet. But yeah, I hear your point that Smallville was definitely, uh, you know, ten great years. Even though you guys say that it was probably maybe three great years and seven bad ones. But <laughs> I did watch from day one, and I, I loved every minute of it. I do miss it. And I will miss it. Well, those three great years, of course, being the three years that Pete Ross was on the show. But anyway, moving on, Hans, uh, let's keep this going before this turns into a Smallville segment. All right. Uh, There was actually three shows, uh, new shows that came on during this week. It was the new Christina Applegate show, Up All Night, with the terrible and not-so-funny Will Arnett. He's horrible, isn't he? It's got to be his, like... 50th show that he's been on, so it's bound to get canceled. Is he is Will Arnett not the worst actor in? He's so unfunny. He's so terrible. I mean, to me, he's the Randy Orton of of uh, of the acting world. He's so popular, which I don't understand. His wife is a hundred times funnier than him, and hopefully, the, the kid that they just had has none of his genes because he's awful. He is so not funny. The show's going to get canceled. He just had another show with uh, Kerry Russell that got canceled, right? I mean, every show he's on pretty much yeah. gets canceled. He he is horrible. He's not funny. I don't. The show is all right. Most of the laughs that I got were from Christina Applegate, but she's kind of blah in it too. So having him on the show doesn't help that much either. So I don't what expect I wanna, this to go full season. What I want to know is, what I want to know is how does this guy keep getting work? How does he keep getting jobs, and how does he keep getting, uh, you know, these these, uh, these T 
TV shows greenlighted. He's the worst. I have no idea. Aren't aren't they looking at his track record? Aren't they seeing all the shows that he's been on and have gotten canceled? It reminds me of uh, it reminds me of my dad actually. Not that he's terrible, but my father had this amazing <laughs> track record of every single Ford plant that he worked at is no longer in business. He literally closed down like five or six plants single-handedly. So that reminds me of Will Arnett because he's pretty much canceled and tanked just about every show that he's been on. That's that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yes, sir, continue. That, that's some talent that your father and Will Arnett have. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that it they're is. able to walk into a place and have it completely shut down. Just on their that talent. speaks volumes for you, sir. Yes, it does. What, what do you think I'm doing behind the scenes to get this this bad boy shut down? But you know, let's. Uh, Are we going to get Will Arnett on the air? Well, actually, uh, the plan is to fire Joe and then to get Will Arnett as our uh, as my co-host, and that will be the last show ever. And Joe will start another Pure Gold with somebody else who's actually funny and talented, not Will Arnett. Uh, out of the the two other shows, the Free Agents, which is. Uh, starring Hank Azaria and a bunch of other actors that aren't really known for anything big, just a bunch of small parts. It's an all right show, not funny, but it has the potential to grow into something funny. So that, who knows what's going to happen with that. The other one is Whitney, which is... um, a live tape show about this comedian. She was on Punk. She was on a bunch of other shows, like small shows, doing small roles. And actually, the the guy who plays her boyfriend is a lot funnier than she is. So <laughs> this show might actually uh, it might actually keep going. Wait, is know? Will Arnett her boyfriend or no? No, absolutely not. You know what's interesting is uh, is a, Joe makes a comment here that I'm going to address in a second. She's actually, I think, the executive producer behind another show that, according to what I read on TV Guide or one of those things, is actually better than her own show and funnier. Which yes. uh, you're, I'm sure you're going to get into that in a second. But um, Joe wants to know: Did you say a live taped show? And he'd like a little. He'd like you to expound upon that a little bit more. I don't un- understand what he doesn't get about a live taped show. What? Taped in front of a live studio audience, as opposed oh. to laugh track. <laughs> you you got to dumb it down for Joe. Sorry about that. Will Arnett. I didn't know I had a. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm gonna call. I all the now, I'm gonna hit him up on Twitter to see if Will's doing anything on on Tuesday. I thought all sitcoms are all live tape shows. <laughs> no, they're not. Most no, uh, have the the laugh track added into it. Yeah, definitely, and, uh, you know, it's not, not good. So, so, Joe, just just stop it, please. <laughs> but, yeah, Joe's right. Uh, that girl, Whitney Cummings, has two shows, her own, which is called Whitney, that premiered this week, and another one uh, called Two Broke Girls, which from all the magazines, Entertainment Weekly, TV Guide, is supposed to be the funnier of the two, and it stars uh, Kat Dennings and Beth Burrs. And it's supposed to be two girls, one poor, waiting tables all her life, another one's rich, got her money taken away, and now she has to be a waitress. And it's pretty much each of them playing off of each other. 
So we'll see how, how good that is. Yes, we will. Uh, another couple of new shows that are coming up or that are returning. Of course, Glee is returning. Of the course. Funny Raising Hope is returning, which I'm pretty excited about. I actually love that show. Um, and that's for Tuesday. There's really nothing ever going on on Tuesday. So other than those two shows and new Sarah Michelle Geller show, Ringer, where she takes o- she's oh. running from the law, so she takes over her twin sister's identity, who has gone missing. Awful. And so that's the basis of that show. Hey, listen, Hans, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm just over here on the on the Twitter feed and checking out. I, I typed in Will Arnett. I guess Will doesn't have his own Twitter because he sucks. But I'm looking at the comments that some people have here. Like, for example, Ken Weinman, 1057, writes, The show looks terrible, but I will watch anything that Will Arnett does. To which I responded, you should watch anything that Will Arnett does not do because he is awful. And then there's somebody else here, uh, Phone Guy 94 Up All Night looks like a good show, but don't get too attached. Sadly, the curse of Will Arnett will strike. First of all, Phone Guy, how can anything that Will Arnett does look good? You, sir, are awful, and you were probably his brother, and you suck. <laughs> Sorry, just have to throw that wow. out there. Uh, continue, so, sir. Those are some amazing comments, and just shows <laughs> the talent that Will Arnett doesn't possess. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else? We have Harry's Law returning, which is a surprise to me. It's the lawyer-based show with uh, Kathy Bates, who is doing Harry's Law and appearing on The Office for, like, two or three episodes. It wasn't that good to begin with. I don't know if NBC is running out of shows, but it's returning. Interesting. Very interesting. And, sir, does that not affect another of our favorite shows? But being that uh, Kathy Bates is in this show, so can you uh, touch on that quickly? Oh, of course. Uh, you're talking about The Office. Of course. Which we're hoping it doesn't suck this season, but with the absence of Steve Carell, I don't see how it can't suck. The rumor, well, actually what's going to happen is James Spader is the new CEO of Dunder Mifflin, and he's going to play a bigger role than Kathy Bates did. He's going to be on at least 15 episodes of I believe usually there are 23 episodes in the season for The Office, so he's going to be in at least 15. And the rumor is somebody in The Office is going to be the new manager. They haven't said who. They're keeping a really tight lid on it. I can't – my sources can't even crack who's going to be the new manager down at Dunder Mifflin this season. That should be interesting. I think Joe would make a good manager at Dunder Mifflin. I know he's not actually on the show. But I think that he would be a good manager because he has that managerial uh, toolness about him. <laughs> he, he's always had like, that managerial toolness about him. <laughs> people tell me, people tell me all the time I look like Steve Carell, so I agree with you guys. <laughs> you do really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. There you that's, go. That's a surprise. Steve, Steve I wish Carell. you were just as funny as he was. Yeah, that, oh, that would be you. great. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, but of course you're not, because you're almost uh-huh. as bad as we'll learn that. Oh, okay. Uh, another show that's coming back that is a surprise, because it was on its deathbed, is uh, Blue Blood, starring uh, Tom Selleck and Marky Marks. Brother. William Regal. More talented brother. 
Yeah. Well, they're both pretty talented, but hey, let me ask you this. Uh, is it coming? You're saying that it's a surprise that it came back. Was it because of the ratings? Because everything I read, it's supposedly an amazing. I love Tom Selleck. He's got the greatest mustache of all time. I mean, his mustache should, should deserve, <laughs> deserves its own wing in the Television Hall of Fame. Let, let's get that straight, first of all. And uh, w- was it almost canceled because of bad ratings? Because, every, like I said, everything I've heard about it from my sources uh, is that it's an amazing show. It is an amazing show. I watched it throughout the whole season. The story was good. It built up to the end. The cliffhanger was good. Um, but, yeah, the ratings were poor. It's on a Friday night at 10 p.m. I mean, if you have nothing to do on a Friday night, then I guess you're at home watching Blue Bloods. But for most people, they're out. You right. <laughs> the heathens are getting drunk. People are at church. Of course, church. Some are shooting up crack. I don't whatever it is that the kids do these days on Friday nights. But oh, why, sir? Why yeah, are you pointing out Joe's business? That's what I mean. Why are you, Why are you telling everybody what Joe does on a Friday night? <laughs> Which one of the three? <laughs> well, oh, um, obviously the church part. <laughs> I was about to say definitely not the church part. Okay. Also coming back, and it's on its last season is Chuck which I stopped watching because it kind of just sucked after a while. <laughs> so I'm surprised that's coming back. But they said they're going to end it this season uh, because Chuck always at the end of every season. They don't know whether he's coming back or he's not. And I guess NBC is tired of playing that game. So they are canceling it this season. And it's even moved from its usual Monday night slot it's a Friday night, so that just goes to show how much faith they don't have on the show. Awful. Friday is a deathbed, as we know with SmackDown. It's a ratings deathbed. Nobody watches it. People are, like you said, out carousing and doing something. So it's hey, Hans, terrible. I have a question for you. Yes. If you, if you will, can you just <laughs> tell me of all the shows that you just named, which ones got the which which show got the highest rating? Of, you know, for last season, the viewerships? No, no, just the shows that... Didn't you say some shows premiered uh, this past week? Oh, well, that information I haven't gotten yet. I'm waiting till the end of the week. That's usually when they... The Nielsen ratings come out, which I think it's a horrendous system. They need to come up with something better to rate the shows. But it should be out by tomorrow. So I will give that information over to Dave. He can let you know uh, what's going on with that uh, Tuesday. Okay. Awesome. And then Sundays, CSI Miami's coming back, but it's going to be tough with Sunday night football. Uh, yeah. I don't know how the shows are going to hold up on a Sunday night now. Yeah, so well, I mean, if they actually want to kill a show, they'll put it on a Sunday night. Now, Joe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is Sunday night football is the night when it comes to football now, right, as opposed to Monday night? Hasn't a Sunday taken over? For the most part, you're right. Sunday night is – I don't know if it's because Sunday night it's on regular TV channel 4 or, you know, NBC, as opposed to, like, when Monday night football used to be on ABC. Yeah. But now that Monday night football moved to ESPN, definitely the ratings are more on Sunday night when they're on regular TV. Yeah, Hans is right. If you have any any shows going up against that, that they're not going to do well because football is is America's favorite sport. Let's face it. 
And they are pretty much all day, aren't they, on Sunday, right? Yeah. The main yeah, are. games are usually the at the prime time hours where all the shows are airing. Right. It's, it's the game of the week. I mean, there's always good games in the NFL, but that that is the game as chosen, as it were. So it's definitely going to be tough. I mean, you know, if Smallville were still on, they'd probably put it on at uh, Sunday night just to kill the show off again and again and again. And again. And again. <laughs> of course. Now, what else do you have for us, sir? Uh, new uh, supernatural shows that are popping up left and right, uh, which um, the, I don't even have words for it. They have nothing original to put out on TV, just like Hollywood has nothing original to put out on the big screen. So a couple new uh, supernatural shows are Once Upon a Time, which I'm kind of... I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but it's a little different than what else is out there. It's um, it's kind of based off of Lost. These characters are taken from their fairy tale stories, put into this abandoned town in Maine, and the story goes from real time to flashing back to when they were their characters. Uh, for example, Jennifer Goodwin is playing Snow White or she was Snow White in her fairy tale life and she's playing just a regular mother in real life so they're trying to figure out why they were banished to the real world and they're going to be questioning why the evil queen is evil and you're going to have other characters like um some of the dwarves are coming out Pinocchio uh, Prince Charming is there. So, you know, that that's going to be a little interesting as far as sci-fi shows go. Interesting. Another one is Grimm, which is um, a take on the Grimm brothers, uh, the tales that they had. It's basically a cop uh, who, who gets thrown into this supernatural world uh, looking for, like, criminals that are werewolves or um, the characters based off of the Grimm Tales. Like Joe Vegino. <laughs> exactly. Exactly like Joe. Interesting. Interesting. What else, sir? Uh, we have Supernatural coming back. Fringe is coming back. Uh, both good shows. Uh, let's see what else. Persons of Interest is another great show that they're Sounds saying to keep your eye on. And it's going to star uh, Jim Caviezel. So, I mean, he's a pretty good actor, and he's yeah. a big-name actor. So Definitely. the show shouldn't disappoint, along with a few few actors from uh, Lost. So you're basically so saying that the show's going to be canceled the second week? Probably, because people won't understand... Anything what's going on, they'll hate it and they'll want to cancel just like the event and Night Rider. Oh my god! <laughs> I think I think this was Joe's oh, favorite show. On, up on a that. side note, Joe. On a side note, just so you know, the guy yeah. who the main character who was a Night Rider, he was yeah, the boyfriend of Wonder Woman on the new Wonder Woman show. Maybe that's why it got canceled. Maybe he's got that Will Arnett. Uh, cursed. 
all the shows that you just mentioned in the last 25 minutes better get canceled after the first two episodes because if Knight Rider gets canceled before the season one ends and they end the events before prematurely, then something is definitely wrong with NBC, CBS, Nothing but crap. ABC, every channel that you just named, uh, they can all go to hell from, as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Joe's angry, as you can tell, folks. Joe's Joe's angry. Angry. I probably shouldn't have brought up Knight Rider. That's my mistake. Maybe You're you pro- shouldn't have. <laughs> I, I, my apologies, Joe. I forget that that's a sore subject for you. And you're still mourning the loss of that show after how many years has it been? Three. Calm down. <laughs> wow. This is just this is a train wreck right here. Uh, anything else that, that's not going to upset Joe, sir? Uh, no, I don't think there's anything else I could say that won't upset Joe at this point. <laughs> awesome, sir. Um, now, again... The fall season is already underway. Hopefully, we'll have some good shows. We'll have some shows that don't get canceled, uh, a la Joe's favorite shows. Oh, no, Joe, I think you shouldn't even watch TV because once you you are well because once you start liking a show, it gets canceled. I mean, Smallville lasted, but it was on the verge of cancellation for many years. So it seems like when you take interest in a show, it's pretty much on its deathbed, sir. So I think you're the problem, not anybody else. You can rest assured, I will not be watching any of the shows that Hans mentioned. So <laughs> awesome. Good. Maybe they stand a chance now. They, they yeah. absolutely might. They, they definitely. Yeah. <laughs> they Say happy Ross for me, all right? Say happy Ross. Yeah, oh, we will. We will. We're actually he's gonna be on our show next week. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, we're gonna have uh, Sam Jones the third in from his prison zone. He's gonna be joining us. Uh, listen, Hans. Again, as always, we we, we appreciate you coming on. And we appreciate your your take, as it were, and you're giving us your your opinions and whatnot. So hopefully, you know, maybe next week we'll be able to get into some other stuff. Joe has actually been talking about doing a retro uh, rewind, which is, you and I discussed it also off the air. We need to get into some past shows, not Night Rider or the event, but we need to get into some other shows that we used to watch or things that we were interested in. So uh, we absolutely have to get into that, sir, in, in the near future. We'll talk about it over at the next production meeting. Oh, of course, which Joe will not be in attendance because he's offended. But Hans, uh, again, we appreciate it, sir. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> a pleasure. Yours, of course. Of course. Folks, that was the one and only, the incomparable Hans, joining us for uh, one of his uh, TV segments, which is just pure gold, as it were. Now, Joe, as we wrap up this show, which is probably the longest show we've done in a while, uh, we need to cover a couple of things. Before we do, uh, do you have any, any thoughts, uh, getting back to football quickly, any thoughts on the, uh, the Jets game you'd like to share? Because I know as far as me with uh, Los uh, Gigantes, I, uh, they were a disgrace, and I'm hoping that this week against the Rams they don't disgrace themselves even further. Well, week two is you know only a couple of days away, and the Jets do have the Jacksonville Jaguars at home again at the new Maryland Stadium, or I guess it's called the new MetLife Stadium. Because Snoopy bought the uh, naming rights, but anyway, right. I gotta say, I gotta say, sir, this might be a trap game because the Jets really need to win this game. I know it's a game that they should be able to win, but they really do need to win this game because I don't know if you know this or not, but the next three games in a row are on the road, and rarely do you see an NFL schedule that has three road games. And listen to these three road games that the Jets have. Next Sunday they'll face at they'll be at Oakland. The fall, and they never played that good in Oakland. The following week after that, they're in New England. And then the following Sunday after that, they're in Baltimore. Wow, so, tough, tough stuff there. 
Yeah, so all I can say about this game is that the Jets cannot, you know, have silly turnovers, and they need to score, obviously, in the red zone and not kick field goals. They need to score <laughs> touchdowns against the Jaguars. So I can see the Jets winning with a good defensive game. I'm going to go 24-14, to 14, and it's not going to be as close as that, that score seems. I think the Jets will be in command. I think the Jags might score a late touchdown in the fourth quarter, but 24-14, Jets win week two. Sir, let me ask you this. Um, you know, talking about the Jets, after that little home stretch after this week, uh, what would you give them? The, the stretch you mentioned with the tough being on the road, what would you give their chances? Uh, what type of record are we looking at after uh, after the game with Baltimore? Um, I mean, if you ask me now, I probably would sign for one and two against those three teams. I would take one win and probably, you know, realistically have two losses. I mean. A, a, a diehard Jeff fan says we could win all three, but I doubt that's going to happen. And I doubt that two. I mean, two and one is definitely to me. It's not a possibility either, only because of the fact that they're on the road. And the Jets have proven over the last couple of years that they're a better road team. But these road teams, good God, at Oakland, which they never play good in Oakland. Then right. they got to go play. New, they got to go play New England, who wants revenge from the playoffs. You know, from last year, and then you have at Baltimore, which is always like a rabid place to play in uh, Sunday night. So I, I, you know, realistically, I think the Jets are going to be three and two after these five games. Well, you know, we'll see. I mean, definitely got to win more than you lose in the NFL or any other sport for that matter. But well, you know, we'll see where that goes. Uh, again, I'm not feeling too confident about the Giants. I know that the uh, the Rams banged up. I think Sam Bradford uh, may have twisted his, his wrist or his finger. I forget what. And uh, one of their running backs, I heard Steve Spagnuolo on, uh, this week in an interview talking, um, you know, about the, their whole situation. So we'll see where that goes, um, you know. But uh, I got to admit, I'm not too confident about the Giants. They looked horrendous on Sunday. I know you mentioned that it's just the first game and, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I'm not looking forward to this. And hopefully they'll be able to play a better football game than they than they showed us in that first week, sir. Yeah, I agree with you, and like you said, and I said, it's only week one. It's amazing how everyone thinks that their team is so great after week one if you win, and if you lose, you feel like the season's over. So you just take it one week at a time. You Obviously, you can't lose two or three in a row in the NFL right, season. Right. It's, it's such a short season, but, you know, I, I see the Giants bouncing back Monday night against the Rams. Um, they're going to put a strong effort offensively. I think they're going to win, like, 34 to, like, 14 I gotta tell you, sir, it's interesting that when this game was made, I'm sure they were thinking it was gonna be a better quality, but you've got Sam Bradford who looks like he might play, but uh Steven Jackson, I'm looking here on NFL dot com, Steven Jackson's still not sure if he's gonna play. Uh but the Giants and all their injuries, the Rams and their injuries, it's it's definitely not as good a game as you might think it would be. But it's interesting because again, going back to the radio, I, I heard some comments made that in the NFL it's like you said, when you, you gotta get that first one. When you get that first one under your belt, you're able to breathe and relax and hopefully the Giants will get that this week, sir. So uh, let's hope for the the home, you know, the New York teams, the local teams, pull out a win. I know the Giants need it more than the Jets, but uh, then again, the Jets, you know, the next three opponents are on the road and they're really tough. So, you know, let's pull for two wins this weekend. Yes, sir. And uh, any other uh, comments on the NFL, sir? No, I mean, you know, it's only week one just to end it, and week two is about to begin. So, well, I know we're, we're going to definitely be able to break down more NFL talk as the season goes along. Oh, of course we will, sir. We absolutely will. Now, um, sir, if we can if we can move on to wrestling as we close out the show, we have for the big pay per view this Sunday. But before we before we get into the WWE, I'd like to just plug Ring of Honor. 
I like to plug their iPay-Per-View. And I know uh, you folks out there aren't used to us talking about Ring of Honor, but we're definitely going to be getting more into that because there's a possibility that one of their stars who actually is going to wrestle at this pay-per-view, and I will not mention who just yet until we can get this confirmed, but one of their stars uh, from the company may be joining us on this show uh, due to our relationship with UltimateSportsTalk.com. Now, the iPay-Per-View is going to be Saturday, so this weekend you've got a huge wrestling uh, pay-per-view extravaganza Saturday and Sunday, so it's definitely big. You got Death Before Dishonor 9 on September 17th, uh, starting at uh, 7.30, which, you know, 8 o'clock, the bell time. But it, l- let me run down this card, sir. You've got Ladder War 3, Jay and Mark Briscoe, who are an amazing tag team for all, you know, intents and purposes, against the All Night Express. Now, there's a contract for a tag team title shot. That's going to be hanging above the ring at the next pay-per-view, which is Glory by Honor 10. Uh, you've got the Ringmaster Challenge, two out of three falls, with Eddie Edwards, who is uh, well-known as a great wrestler, against uh, Roderick Strong, who is uh, formerly of TNA. Uh, this first fall is going to be pinfall, second fall submission, and if there's a necessary third fall, it'll be a 15-minute Ironman match. So that, you know, is going to be a great match, sir. you got the Special Challenge Match 1 and 2 featuring... Uh, the great Shelton Benjamin taking on the prodigy Mike Bennett. And in the other matches, tag team partner Charlie Haas against Michael Elgin. So that should be interesting. And our, our buddy, our pal, we have a grudge tag team match with Jay Lethal and Homicide. We're both formerly of TNA against uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Rhino, again, formerly of TNA. So that should be interesting. You've got a three-way elimination match with tag teams. And i got to admit, sir, Love tag team wrestling. Love the fact that Ring of Honor highlights tag team wrestling, and they've probably got the best in the business when it comes to that now, uh, being the TNA's falling off the planet and the WWE still building it up. You've got the Young Bucks against Future Shock, and their third team would be the, Bra- the Bravados. So the Young Bucks, Future Shock, and the Bravados will be going in a three-way elimination tag team match. The Young Bucks, the Young Bucks are famous on Twitter for not, apparently not saying hello to Booker T and some other stuff, but uh, let's not get too much into that. And, of course, the last match, one-on-one, El Generico, or Generico versus Jimmy Jacobs. Now, that should be an interesting pay-per-view for those of you out there to catch it. You can go to ringofhonor.com. Uh, well, you can go to their website, which is rohwrestling.com. Uh, the event is going to air live on iPay-Per-View, gofightlive.tv, where you can pay for that bad boy there. And, of course, JB, we have... Uh, the Night of Champions. Now, let me run down this card for you, sir. You've got uh, the Divas title match between Kelly Kelly and Beth Phoenix. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly and Beth Phoenix. That should be interesting. Uh, who, who would you take in that one, sir? I mean, considering the fact that Beth Phoenix did not win um, her match last time that these two fought, I don't see how Beth Phoenix does not walk out of there with the, the title. I mean... She's definitely the stronger, the more built, and I, you know, it was surprising for her to, to lose that that match last time they fought. So I definitely think Beth Phoenix walks out with the title this time. Absolutely, sir. Uh, we have to think that she's going to win because if not, then I mean, this Divas division is just going to be an absolute disgrace. Um, <laughs> aside from that, sir. Uh, here we have a tag team title match, as I mentioned with the whole Ring of Honor thing. Uh, Kofi and Evan, or Air Boom, taking on the Miz and R-Truth. Who would you take in that one, sir? Well, you know, like you said, and we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, Triple H has really been putting a big emphasis on tag teams, and it's good to see a tag team title match. I don't know if it's just because it's at the Night of Champions, but we do have a tag team title match on a pay-per-view, and... Um, I don't know how this match is going to end. It might just end in a DQ. I don't see Evan 
and uh, Kofi, you know, dropping the straps this soon. But then again, you never know. But I'm going to say that somehow this match ends up where, you know, the, the tag team titles do not change hands. What do you think? Um, I don't know. It's, it's tough because they're pushing Miz and our truth so I think they should. But truthfully, it would be better if Kofi and Evan retained the titles and they were able to continue their feud. Uh, they absolutely need to build more more uh, tag teams. So, you know, they, I love the emphasis on it. I love the fact that, yeah, it is Night of Champions and they're getting a match, but still, it, it's good stuff, sir. Now, we have the U.S. Right. title match here. Dolph Ziggler versus Jack Swagger versus Alex Riley versus John Morrison. Who would you take in that one, sir? Well, you know, you have your little feud within a feud with, uh, you know, Jack Swagger and um, who's the other guy? Dolph <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I had a brain fart. But anyway, you have those little two, those two guys, like, you know, feuding with each other within the ranks of the Vicky Guerrero stable. So I, I, I think it's time for Alex Riley to actually win his first title. And I'm going to say that Alex Riley is you're going to be your new U.S. champion after Night of Champions. That. Which would be interesting. Um, I'm not sure if uh, I would agree with it. It's his time to win, but we'll see where that goes. That's an interesting pick. I picked Dolph to retain it. Um, I heard there's rumors of a face turn for him, so we'll see where that goes. There's another match that's unannounced, but you got to mention it uh, because every title is supposed to be on the line, and that would be an icy title match between Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase. You know, you'd have to pick Cody in that one, sir. I think there's no doubt Ted DiBiase seems to have fallen out of favor, and that he's just non-existent, sir. I agree, especially after Cody uh, picked up a win against Randy Orton, although there was a little interference. He did pick up the win against Randy Orton on Monday Night Raw. I, I, I definitely see Cody retaining his IC title. All right, now we have uh, the, the main matches here. We've got the world title match between Mark Henry and Randy Orton. Who do you got in that one, Um, I don't know how this match is going to play out. I mean, I think Mark Henry should take the strap off Orton, even though they – they both suck, sir. I, I I don't know how else to tell you that. <laughs> they both suck, and we, we hate Randy Orton, and I think I hate Randy Orton a lot more than I hate Mark Henry, so I hope Mark Henry does take that strap off of him. I completely agree with you on that. I think they're both terrible. But let me say this, sir. I don't know if you've noticed. Mark Henry's actually pretty decent on the microphone. The way he's able to talk and express himself, it's much better. Randy Orton needs to take some notes on that one. But then, of course, we have a WWE title match. Alberto Del Rio against John Cena. Break that one down. I'm going to have to say there's no chance in hell to steal a line from this man. There's no chance in hell that John Cena takes the strap off of Albert Del Rio. I just don't think that it's the right time. It would just send the wrong message to have Albert Del Rio only hold the title for about a month and a half or two months, whatever it is. Such a short time. He needs to be established and keep the title for a couple months. Make sure that you know they establish him as a great heel. To have John Cena, Super Cena, the, the the scene that we despise, yeah, exactly the ones that we despise, loathe and hate. I don't see John Cena win the title. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly yeah. why I do see him winning the title because the WWE doesn't seem to know what to do with Cena. I mean, he was doing good in the Punk feud, but now he's back to Super Cena, which we hate and we can't stand. So that that would be terrible for uh, the WWE and their fan base. But we'll see where that goes. This feud doesn't even make sense. But let's let's not get off on a tangent. Uh, Del Rio's looked weak recently. I know I know that I'm a fan of his work, but uh, he looked terrible uh, on the microphone. He sounded terrible on the microphone with uh, 
Bret Hart on Monday, and he just seems out of place, just blabbering the same thing over and over again. So hopefully Del Rio will be able to get back on track and uh, and keep the title in this feud with Cena because he's looked bad against Cena, there's no doubt. And the final match, sir, before we close up this show, CM Punk versus Triple H in a no-DQ match, and if Triple H loses, he will have to relinquish the COO title in the WWE. It would, yeah, it would, it would be cool to see... You know, if your theory is correct that, you know, Triple H might be forming another version of the NWO and trying to get his company back if he does lose the CEO, I really don't know how this match is going to play out, but I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't dish out my money for this pay-per-view just to see this one match. This is the only match that I really care about is seeing Triple H against CM Punk. Um, I'm just going to take a wild guess and say that Triple H does win and keep his CEO a title. And um, I don't know exactly if Kevin Nash is going to come out and interfere and just, you know, it's going to be some kind of screw job, I'm sure, finish. I'm not sure who's going to win, so I'm just going to say Triple H. Yeah, it should be interesting and definitely check that out, folks. Uh, and I agree. I mean, it's a one-match card, no doubt, kind of like SummerSlam, but I have to get SummerSlam. But, folks, uh, that's about all the time that we have this evening. Make sure to check out the Ring of Honor IP review on Saturday, Death Before Dishonor 9. Uh, you can check that out at gofight.live.tv. Um, check out, of course, the uh, the WWE. Sorry, GoFightLive.tv. You can check that out there on Saturday, and then on Sunday you can check on Night of Champions if you feel so inclined over at WWE.com. Uh, we appreciate Alicia for coming on this evening. Appreciate Hans and hey, you know she was an amazing guest, wonderful guest. Uh, we appreciate Hans giving us his take on all things uh, TV. We appreciate, of course, we thank Todd for his best take ever, um, the back and forth on the NFL, folks. Remember to tune in next Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it P-A-G. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. Good night, everyone.